Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more information on the shows and the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia and Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up for free at podmetrics.co and use my referral code RJ Ledesma. And I remember someone said this, and that has stuck to my mind ever since. And that that lady, she was a store manager. Forgot her name. She said, "Sometimes, in the pursuit of greatness." We forget to be good, and I think that's my my, uh, my 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 point here. I think you know, pursue power, pursue riches, to what end? So that you can do more good, right? It's it's not enough for you to have as you know your purpose in life to have more power and more riches. It's a means to an end, and that end is to create more good. Welcome to the RJ Ledesma podcast. I hope you all are having a great Tuesday evening. In the RJ Ledesma podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs and learn more about how they think about business, what are their success secrets, how they've innovated their businesses during this pandemic, and what opportunities do they see emerging during this new normal. Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know and drop me a message. I would love to speak to them here on the show. Not, we're also live right now on Kumu and CBRC TV. Now, tonight, we talk to the Chief Operating Officer of Alphamart. And Alphamart, as their CEO, Harvey Ong, describes it, is the small fish swimming among the sharks. However, business has yet to wane for this small fish because as of last year, 750 Alphamart stores were opened all over the country. And just a few weeks ago, they just opened their 1,000th store. They actually came full circle. The first store they opened was in General Trias Cavite, and their 1,000th store was in Trece Martires Cavite. And of course, they're doing this all, all this amidst the tough situation brought about by this pandemic. To find out more about how Alphamart Philippines came to be and how they reached this landmark number of stores, I'd love to welcome here right now the COO of Alphamart, Mr. Harvey Ong. Harvey, welcome to the Argila Desma podcast. Hey, RJ. Thanks for the uh, invitation. It's my honor to represent my colleagues here tonight. Harvey, thanks so much for joining. And for those who don't know, it's a really special episode for me to have Harvey Ong over here because Harvey was actually uh, my technically a former colleague and a former boss when we were both working as in Procter and Gamble. Uh, we were both we, what did they call us? They call us Proctoids, right? And um, right. we'd like to think of ourselves as marketing for the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> actually, RJ, I've I've known you since you were a kid, watching you on TV selling a Royal True Orange. Uh. <laughs> and that, that that betrays our age, Harvey. No, and uh, as we be, and, and I was really uh, excited to talk to you because we've had our own offline conversations about you know what's exciting for Alpha Mart, and I really wanted to help other people also experience the same sort of enthusiasm you have for your new baby, Alpha Mart. But before that, maybe let's take a bit of a step back and you know talk about how we first got to meet each other because this is interesting. Like I said, one of my first jobs out of college. Was, was working in the brand management department of Procter & Gamble. At that time, it was a much sought-after job. People wanted to get into that department. People would, would you know, jockey for slots over there. They would get the best of the best. Not to say that I was best of the best, but I wanted to get in into Procter & Gamble. <laughs> so uh, uh, then you would go through a series of interviews, uh, three interviews, and Harvey was uh, one of my interviewers over there. Let's, let's, let's go back a bit there, Harvey. Maybe Pacuento Tayo Conte. How was it like I- for you the first time we got together? You know, I'm I'm gonna reveal our age, but uh, yeah, I was one of the interviewees of uh, of RJ, and uh, 
wala pang internet noon. And uh, you didn't email your resume. You faxed your resume. All 50 pages of it. So I was there in the machine <laughs> waiting for the transmission to end. And that was like the thickest resume I've seen in my life. No, But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually thought you were just a, a showman, you know, just a celebrity. And uh, I was surprised when I interviewed you. There was a lot of uh, substance there. And so uh, it was an easy Surprisingly, no? <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised. Uh, but no, uh, seriously, uh, it was an easy decision. Uh, afterwards, uh, us four uh, interviewers met up, and uh, it was an easy decision. We had some good times uh, in the couple of years that uh, we worked together in the on the hair care department of uh, of PNG. No, and I'm so glad to see you so successful right now, uh, RJ. So you really oh. found your true calling. Thanks. We we stand on the shoulders of our mentor. So Harv's, thanks so much for helping me become the businessman and the entrepreneur that I am here today. Very thankful for the for the experience that, that we had in PNG. And in a special way, and this is a good also way to shout out to all the PNG alumni who are listening to us here right now. Anybody wanna any, anybody wanna greet here, Harvey, as we continue this conversation? Well, since uh, we can do our shout outs now, uh, of course, I'd like to uh, special shout out to my wife, Michelle. She has been Hi, very excited in recruiting all our friends to watch tonight. <laughs> we are actually uh, celebrating our 25th anniversary 15 days from now. Oh, congratulations. And, uh, yeah, and I haven't found a gift yet, so baka pwedeng ito na lang yung gift ko, no? <laughs> Kung gusto mong kumunta para sa kanya, okay lang sa akin, Harvey. <laughs> no, no, mawawala yung fans mo. And, uh, of course, a special shout-out to all my colleagues in uh, in Alpha Mart. Uh, thank you so much for the great work, especially this year. Well, you've got a lot of fans from Alpha Mart listening here right now. Christine Aldovino, our COO, heart, heart, heart. Even <laughs> Chica Ingat, our COO. Then, uh, uh, from Leticia in Duktiva Parel. Hello, RJ and Harvey. Well, thanks so much oh, for joining us. Baby right Parel. Now. Hello, baby. Hello, yeah. hello, my and baby. If you guys have questions for Harvey, please feel free, feel free to put that in the comment box. We'd love to ask him the mga questions. Ito pa kay Cherry Pacheco. Hoy, may shout out na si Michelle ang aga-aga pa. <laughs> Baka makalimot eh. Hello, Cherry. <laughs> Ayan, para okay na, y- okay na yung checklist mo, Harvey, sa, sa pasugay niya, no? Now, okay, before we get into the discussion, I, I wanted to get right. into the discussion of Alpha Mart. But I think that, oh, sabi ni Michelle, hanapin ang gift. <laughs> hanapin ang gift, sabi ni Michelle. Okay, Harvey, alam mo na, di ba? Now, before we get into the discussion uh, of Alpha Mart, maybe the first thing is that we need to take a step back. Because right. like you shared with me offline, no, when they first offered you the job of Alpha Mart, what did you say? You said? I said, what is Alpha Mart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and I guess for many of the other consumers out there, although you've reached um, 1,000 brands, they're still a bit unfamiliar, 1,000 stores rather, no? Um, Correct. Maybe they just don't, uh, they, they need to get a better understanding of what Alphamart is all about. Right, right. Uh, thanks for asking that question, uh, RJ. But, but, but true, this was uh, sometime uh, September 2016 when uh, Ms. Tessie Coson uh, offered me the job. Uh, she asked me if I wanted to uh, to join Alpha Mart, and yeah, my first question to her was, <laughs> "What's Alpha Mart?" Because at that time we had around uh, 160 stores here in the Philippines, but they were mostly in Cavite, and uh, you know, I, I I've never seen an Alpha Mart store, so I wasn't sure what I was uh, getting uh, myself into. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I thought about it, you know, uh, my whole life I was blessed working for established companies, established brands, and you know. We're not going to work forever. I'm I'm now 50 years old. Sabiko, you know. Wala sa itsura, wala sa itsura, boss. Wala. My wife's taking good care of me. Ohan, yan oh, yung gift ko. Magaling, 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 magaling sa magawa. <laughs> and, and and you know, I was thinking, you know, uh, I I worked with so many great companies. Uh, I think now it's a, a new challenge to to create a, a legacy and to help build a brand uh practically from you know, not really from scratch, but you know, uh, from yeah, you know, it was like a toddler back then. So, so I because again, I mean, nothing to lose, and uh, that was the start of my uh, adventure with uh, with Alpha Mart. Medyo mahirap, medyo mahirap Harvey humindi kay Tessie Sikoso. No, how was that like when? Uh, I mean, for me, if Tessie Sikoso gave me a call and asked me for you know ask ask me if I want to work for her, I mean, it's I, I find it difficult to say no. How was that like for you? Well, you know, uh, Miss Tessie. You know, it's one of the, well, there's two of them, Mam Tessie and the founder of Alpha Mart, uh, Pajoko. Uh, they are such supportive uh, investors. And uh, I've never had problems uh, every year raising the cash that I needed to keep this expansion going. And uh, 
you know, it, it just talks about the strong faith that they have in the business model and in the organization that uh, we're, we're putting together. And, you know, I, I'm sure he's not here tonight. A special shout out to, uh, to, to my mentor. Uh, uh, I get a coaching from him every two weeks, Mr. Herbert C. Uh, he's the guy really the past four years. He's been uh, teaching me the ropes of, of food retail. So uh, I can't go wrong. I have so many good teachers. So yeah. some, uh, if you've got uh, Herbert C.P.G. Food Retail, how can you go wrong? Right, <laughs> right, right. Correct, perspective. Oh, maybe you, going back again, what is Alpha Mart all about? I mean, people are thinking, okay, it's a, I mean, if they're seeing it on the road, is it a convenience store? Is it, is it a grocery? Is it a, what, Correct. what is it? Oh. Correct. Uh, at the risk of boring you, uh, Alpha Mart actually started uh, 21 years ago, uh, 1999. In Indonesia, it was uh, started by Pa Joko Susanto. And that in itself, you know, the, the, the founding of Alpha Mart, it's a great story to tell. Pa Joko Susanto was, uh, he was a survivor. Uh, he didn't come from, uh, he came from very humble beginnings. He supported himself, his family. He had to stop school at a young age. He worked hard and he became a, an officer in a company. Mm. But at the age of 49, in 1999, so you can you can do the math. He's 70 now. At the age of 49, he uh, he got his savings, uh, borrowed money, and he started his first Alpha Mart. And uh, from that one store, there's now like 16,000 Alpha Mart stores in Indonesia. Wow! In in the last 21 years, and and yeah, he's a uh, he's now one of the uh, billionaires in Indonesia. But all of this started from one store, and he started it at the age of 49. Even older than, you know, your age. Yeah. <laughs> no, but so amazing guts, amazing guts. I mean, and that, that's that's really start. I mean, that's that's both resilience and then startup and startup mentality, right? That, that you have over there. Oh, correct, but, but correct. The question is, what was he trying to address at the time, Harvey? I'm just curious, lah, right? I mean, uh, correct. Was, was there was there a convenience store mm-hmm. uh, concept there in in um, in uh, Indonesia at the time? Oh, uh, there, there was. Uh, he, he had a big competitor called uh, Indomaret. It's still his uh, number one competitor right now. They, they both have around 16,000 stores. But uh, yeah, I mean, Minimart is a, is a, is a big concept uh, around the world. You know? uh, in the Philippines, we are you know, the first major chain of Minimarts. But in most countries that you go to, everyone's going small because accessibility and convenience is the number one driver in, in choosing which store to go to. Uh, if you go to like Japan or, or Taiwan, every street corner, you know, everywhere you look, you will see a, uh, a small store. No, we call it a small box and a small box could either be a mini mart or a convenience store. So, uh, eventually, you know, uh, Pajoko wanted to look for another country to expand his business model. And it so happened at that time, SM was also looking into that format because you see in food retail, SM has SM Supermarket, they have mm-hmm. Hypermarket, they have Save More, big box stores. But they saw that, you know, the future trend would be small box. You know, they, they, they wanted to go into the, uh, into the communities in the neighborhoods, which is too small for Save More to enter, given the first of, uh, of a Save More. And uh, this is where uh, my uh, first boss in Alpha Mart, uh, our founder, who's currently a uh, uh, in our board of director right now, Mr. Robert Kui. At that time, Robert Kui was the president of uh, SM Hypermarket. And, you know, it so happens he's Indonesian. And he was the guy responsible for introducing Pajoko from Alpha Mart in Indonesia to, uh, to, the, to the C family. And, uh, you know, uh, the negotiations went very, very smoothly. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's a match made in heaven. It's, a, it's an honor for me to manage this uh, this relationship, this partnership, uh, they both, you know, uh, they both think alike and uh, very, very little conflict. It's uh, it's been and a pleasure. The, the, it seems to me that their their backgrounds. I mean, the background of uh, of the founder of Alpha Mart and the background of of the old man of the late old man are, are just very, very similar. Correct. You're you're right. There's so many shared values, no? Uh, mainly because yeah, I mean, they galing uh, hirap, you know. Mm. And and so that's why you know sometimes uh, they get teased for being too frugal, but uh, <laughs> but you know they I mean that's uh, they they came from hardship and so they 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 value hard work, they they value honesty and loyalty and and they value the you know every single peso, yeah. So and Harvey, having said that, no, I mean to my mind, no, I mean this is SM that that, that brought in Alpha Mart, but knowing it's SM, SM could have developed its own 
sort of mini marts over here to address that pain point. But the pain point was that you need something smaller, uh, a, maybe a bit bigger than uh, what a size size store could offer, but not as big as a save more. So something correct, that, correct. that felt smack in between. Correct. And correct. SM would have that sort of, to my mind, would have the technology to, to do that one or the skill set. Why choose to get an Alpha Mart when they could have done it themselves? Maybe right. that, that's where I'm coming from. Right. Well, well, actually, uh, it's it's not that simple. And I, and and I think uh, having observed how we operate the the big box stores, it's it's a totally different world. The systems, uh, the replenishment system, for example, is totally different. So I think it, for SM to have developed that model would have taken it uh, a long, 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 long time. And if you look around the world, you will see that uh, companies either excel at running big box stores like the Walmarts of the world, mm-hmm. or they excel in running small box like the 7-Elevens. It's rare, that, it's rare that you'll find a company that excels in running both big and small box. You, that can cross over that way. That can cross over yeah. sort of that way. Correct, correct. It's, it's, uh, the discipline is just very, very, very different. You know? And I, uh, I, I guess you know, I wasn't there that time and I couldn't go inside the... Uh, the thinking process of the seas, but I think having met Pajoko, I thought from the start maybe you know they saw in him a a, a partner that they could trust and uh, that obviously that they respect and you know uh, it, it it made easier sense to just go with this model than to waste many years trial and error and all the pesos you spend uh, making mistakes. Uh, sort of like a kindred spirit. I mean, that's how I would see him. Like, oh, this is like. Who you would have been if you were in Indonesia or, or something to that effect when, when talking to the gentleman over here. That's right. That's right. Oh. Now, um, let's go back again to Alpha Mart because, I mean, your background is, is really marketing. I mean, you were, you were a brand manager before. And then the first question that you had joining the organization was that, you know, what is Alpha Mart? So, so to my mind, as a brand person, you're going, okay, this is an uphill battle for me. I've got to create awareness. It's very strong in Indonesia. People know Correct. who it is. But right. the, the brand equity or the, the strength of the brand wasn't quite here yet, Al- Alpha Mart. Uh, how did you address this one uh, now moving forward to, to make the brand, I guess, more, more known, particularly in the niche that it's supposed to belong to? Correct, correct. Uh, I think the, it was so easy after you, f- you figure out the simplicity of the strategy, of uh, the brand strategy, if you will, of, uh, of Alpha Mart. Alpha Mart is a mini mart. And as a mini-mart, it focuses on three areas. One is a complete assortment of everyday essentials, uh, which, you know, uh, with all due respect to the convenience stores, con- we, we carry more than two times the SKUs of a convenience store. So we are more yeah. complete. We have items that you cannot find in a convenience store, like, you know, frozen meats, for example, vegetables, fruits. Uh, so we're, we're basically a mini-grocery, if you will. We are closer to a grocery than we are to a convenience store. So one is one is basically assortment. The second is price. We try to keep our price as close to supermarkets as possible. My top 200 SKUs are same price as supermarket. My SM bonus chicken uh, is exactly the same price you find it in SM. And number three, location. Uh, unlike convenience stores, for example, which are located close to the CBDs, uh, we are close to the residential areas. Ideally in the entrance of the subdivision. Mm-hmm. So, so we're clear on the target. Uh, our target is the housewives, right? Uh, the housewives from the underserved communities who have to spend a lot of uh, money going to the nearest uh, big box stores for their groceries. And, you know, time. They don't have the time. They, uh, they don't have maids. So they can't be out of the house for a long time. And, you know, my biggest, <laughs> my, my favorite story when I was new in Alpha Mart, uh, as marketers would, uh, I went to an Alpha Mart store and I saw this uh, lady and I asked him, uh, uh, Mrs., bakit po kayo nag-grocery sa Alpha Mart? And she had a very telling answer. She said, kasi sa Alpha Mart, hindi ko na kailangan magbihis. And true enough, <laughs> RJ, she was wearing duster and slippers. She, she literally just crossed the street from her house. So, yung punto niya, supermarket, aside from you know spending for the tricycle or the jeep, But Alpha Mart, it's my neighborhood store. Come as I please, come in duster, I'm okay. So yeah, so I think the it's so simplistic in its offering. We're clear who's our target, who's not our target. 
and that and that enables us to make easy decisions like what items do we carry what items do we not carry mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where do we open our stores where do we not open our stores so uh as, as a marketeer it's so easy when the brand strategy is is, is very very clear so i, I the, the other thing also you know we don't really invest on above the line advertising mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. a lot of people i mean that's why people like me never knew what alphamart was so we have one very simple marketing strategy and that is a good customer experience a good customer experience will lead to repeat visits it will lead to word of mouth and so that's where we focus our marketing budget on making sure that as much as possible the customer will have a good time that he or she will find what she wants and uh, the store environment is good and importantly the service from our from our crew is also good well, what what do what would you describe as the customer experience that you're trying to create? I mean, you're trying to make it scientifically as as satisfying as possible, right? Can you describe right. what what you what do you want what did you want them to experience? Well, of course, very basic. Uh, first of all, you can't have a good customer experience if the item that you are looking for is not there, right? So the basic is you need to be clear what's your assortment strategy, and number two, you have to make sure the out of stock situation is. Is, is very, very low because you don't want them coming there and then, you know, let's say umuulan, they make an effort, they walk for 10 minutes. When they're there, the product is not there. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a basic thing. Uh, uh, shelf availability is the basic thing. The other thing is also, you know, the, the store environment, you know. So we, we have a team that does a regular audit. We have to make sure that, the, you know, the, the, the air cons are running, you know, the tiles aren't, aren't, aren't broken, the, the floor mats in good order stuff like that store environment but but for me the secret sauce if you will it, the customer experience and the employee experience uh, are inseparable if employees are not engaged they will not give out good service and therefore <laughs> they will so I, I i think that's the thing that uh, people have forgotten we were it will be a long long time before retail becomes a land of the robots and until such time it's going to be a high touch people uh, industry and so you will always need to have employees who are engaged and employees who are engaged employees who feel that they have purpose that they are important to the company will always give good service so that's that that's for me the secret sauce i love that how you're really putting uh people first in this solution but particularly your, your people first now as i look at your strategy that you're trying to do no you're adapting uh, an Indonesian model here for the Philippines. Uh, I have two questions, actually. The first one is, um, how much of what you're doing here in the Philippines with regard to the target market or the strategy is similar to what they're doing in Indonesia and probably what makes it a bit different? And, and next, uh, just how much leeway do they give you over here to, to, to as, in terms of strategy? How, how close is, does it have to you to what they're doing in Indonesia and how far can you go from there so that you can, you can, uh, make sure that it's very on the ground. What you have is really what what befits the Philippine experience. Correct. You know the the uh, that's a very good question, RJ. I think the uh, the reason why I really love working on this uh, on this assignment is the two partners have such great mutual respect. Uh, we've actually tweaked a lot the business model of uh, of Indonesia uh, to capture some of the learnings uh, from SM. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Alpha Mart in Indonesia doesn't sell frozen meat, right? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, they don't. They don't. And uh, I mean, we have like three or four freezers in every Alpha Mart here in the Philippines dedicated to to uh, to meats, no, to food. Uh, and we 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 have everything from uh, chicken, beef, pork, fish, even fish head, uh, squid, all the stuff. You know, it's a uh, it's like a it's like a Noah's Ark, if you will. <laughs> and. But we don't have that in Indonesia, but uh, and and this the the wisdom of uh, of uh, of the C family uh, from the very start when we were designing uh, Alpha Mart, they they were adamant that we have this as a differentiator because if we didn't have this, then people will see us as just another convenience store, and uh, you know uh, and now it accounts for a huge chunk of our business during this pandemic, this frozen food. Frozen produce was actually the one that drove our growth. So it was very, very uh, smart of the family. And you know, 
the mutual respect uh, the Indonesians uh, allow us to tweak the model, and uh, you know, uh, I think it, it it starts from there, from the mutual respect of both, both uh, parties. Okay, uh, you you did say that you know we're. It, it's a mini mart versus a convenience store. That's how we look. I mean, to my mind, to make it simple, is that uh, Alpha Mart is a is a mini mart, and and the other your competition are convenience stores. To my mind, correct. So, correct. What exactly helps you know if if you were somebody out there to say that you know I need to help help me differentiate uh, what makes you different and what's the competitive advantage? Because right now I, I I understand for me the biggest difference is that it's a larger footprint and it provides uh, more. Uh, Frozen meats, uh, chickens—you know these things that make that's a right, that's a key right. differentiator. Right. But what what else is it clear? So it's clear in the, the minds of people when they when they have to choose between both. Yeah, I think you know I think it's it's not a question of uh, you know uh, do you choose A or B. It's it's, it's a question of uh, the need. So you know we we have a lot of uh, customers who also uh, buy from uh, convenience stores, mm-hmm. especially you know you can just imagine. Uh, a housewife buying her family needs from our store and then she goes to work and then during her break time she runs down to the convenience store under her office and buys her food from that convenience store right so for her personal needs right so i, I think it depends on the on, on the need i i would like to think to to simplify it you know for the for the mini mart just like a grocery you're you're buying stuff for your family primarily, whereas for the convenience store, you're buying for your personal needs. I see. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's 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 all about accessibility, I guess. Uh, for us, you're accessible uh, to the home, and uh, I think for the convenience store, you're accessible uh, primarily from your uh, places of work. As, as as you can observe, for example, if you go to a CBD, you're gonna see a lot of uh, convenience stores. Oh, next to each right. other, right? But uh, you, it's, it's rare that you're gonna find an alpha mark. But if you go to to the province, uh, in the subdivisions, you, you you'll find more of us rather than uh, convenience stores. So it's, I guess, it depends on the on the need. It's like when you go to Cavita, you'll find you'll you're you're going you're you're bound to bump into a uh, alpha mark because of all the small uh, subdivisions which have uh, emerged That's in correct. that area. That's correct. That's correct, and uh, and 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 that's 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 the main reason why we uh, decided to start in uh, Cavite. We now have two hundred thirty-five stores in uh, in wow. Cavite, and uh, you know uh, all of them are doing doing well because you know to your point, a high concentration, a high density population, and uh, lots of people with uh, with no cars, and uh, you know they just uh, walk to our stores. So it's a it's 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 a great. Place what, we usually des- what we usually describe in real estate as being bedroom communities, you know, and people work in Makati or Manila and they go back that's to Cavite to live. So that's it's the most accessible place, the nearer that's to your right. house, uh, that's the better. Right. That's see. right. That's right. That's right. Now, having said that, Harvey, there, I, we, we got a comment from you before. I think one of the articles said that, you know, Alphamart is like a, a, a small fish swimming among the sharks. Um, You've been swimming so fast and so furiously that you've hit a thousand stores and you haven't gotten eaten up yet. I mean, for me, that, that's how I look at it. So just how, how do you think you've been able to, because like for me, I mean, this is my personal feeling is that right. it feels like that Alphamart was working under the radar. Then all of a sudden you've got a thousand stores and, you know, other convenience stores didn't hit that, that, that bench, that, that benchmark or milestone for many, many years. You guys have done that in a, in a short span of time. Just, how did how were you able to achieve this this this, this speed in the, opening the number of stores and and still fly under the radar? Well, first of all, it was it was very important for us to remain under the radar, and uh, that's why we absolutely had no spending on on marketing, with the exception of collaterals to announce our new stores. No, uh, mm. we didn't. Uh, it 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 wouldn't benefit us any to announce uh, how fast we were growing. We didn't want to attract the attention of the uh, the sharks. Uh, if if uh, if you will, but the other thing also was really, you know, we we celebrate milestones, but you know, I I want our employees to to forever think we're a startup. We, you know, people sometimes they don't react well to success. Their 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 heads become so big, and they start working less hard, and you know, start thinking we've made it. So I. I, I want this organization to remain really hungry. I want this organization to remain humble. 
uh, you know, as you can see, this is my office right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, this used to be my office. Uh, I, I now have 11 other people in my office. We're growing so fast. We've run out of office space. So I've, I've converted my, my room into a communal room. Uh, the only thing I have here is my, my desk. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, when I, when we last spoke, uh, around four years ago, I told you I was joining Alpha Mart and I really wanted to save money. And, and I said, you know, I can't create the org structure I have. So many people want to hire people. And I said, you know, I don't have a secretary and I will only hire a secretary after I've hired all the organization needs. And, uh, to this day, I still don't have a secretary. <laughs> and so, but you know, you just, you seem to be as frugal as your bosses. Huh? Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, <laughs> But but you know I I don't I, I I don't scrimp when it comes to the uh, customer experience. So you know if if, if an aircon needs to be replaced, I'm going to replace it. If it if the tiles need to be replaced, I'm going to replace it. But you know I I scrimp on the uh, on the customers, but on the frills uh, for us, uh, that's where I'm. You know, parties is just one cake. Hi guys, my name is Francesca. And you've got me, Jelly. You've got Del here. All right, so we hear that you like to listen to podcasts. You know what? That is pretty cool. It's the end thing to do right now. And we've got one. It's called The Eavesdrop. Do check it out, okay? We like to talk about everything and anything that's probably on your mind. Um, unfiltered, unedited, <laughs> sometimes to our own disadvantage. But go check it out after <laughs> listening to this one. Hi, this is Michael Waits, and I'm the host of the Asia Tech Podcast. Join me as I interview tech thought leaders, investors, and business founders across Asia to get the best insights on how they built their businesses from the ground up. Check out my new episodes every Wednesday at asiatechpodcast.com. All things Asia, all things tech. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast, kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. Very, very interesting. Uh, the direction that you got, you're, that you're taking things in, it must have been interesting for me because, uh, I mean, I, I see you as a natural marketer, and all of a sudden you're in a in a, an organization where marketing wasn't. I mean, marketing the, the stores was not the the first priority. Well, you know, I, I still use my marketing now. Maybe not external marketing, but one of the things I realized, uh, you know, uh, about retail, and you know, for this I have to credit Jollibee. I spent almost three years in Jollibee. And uh, it's it's great to work for an iconic brand. You know, it's it's every marketer's dream. But but what I've learned most about Jollibee was you know seeing how the employees work in Jollibee, and you could see a shout out to all the Jollibee folks. I've never been to a place where everyone is so in love with the brand. It it it's like they're so proud to to have that T-shirt with a with a Jollibee uh, on their chest. They they love the brand. And, and, you know, that, that had last, lasting effect on me. You, you, you can't get other people to love your brand unless you authentically, sincerely love your brand first. And that's, I think, the secret sauce of Jollibee. Uh, their employees are in love with the Jollibee brand. Wow. And so, uh, you know, and, and that's why I believe, you know, uh, uh, times are tough right now for the QSR industry and Jollibee is going through a lot of hard stuff. But you know, they, they'll be back and they'll be back not just because of the good food, not just because of the strong brand equity. They'll be back because of the character and the loyalty to the brand of their employees. So that was a, that gave a, you know, a lasting impression on me. And so, you know, I, I do a lot of internal marketing in the sense that, you know, I spend a lot of time engaging with people uh, within Alphamart from different levels. And all of this virtual engagement uh, makes it easier. We do our e-copy hunts. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and for me, I've seen that you know, if I can get my people to love Alpha Mart and what it stands for, uh, you know, one day I'm going to build the Jollibee of food retail, if you will. I love that story, Harvey. Thanks so much for sharing. Now, um, here's another interesting thing. Okay, um, you at the end of uh, the last year, we said at the start of the show, you had about 750 uh, Alpha Marts. And then before the pandemic, you had 815 Alpha Marts. 
815. In 15. And then in the midst of this pandemic, you went up to a thousand alpha marts. And, you know, well, you know, what, what would, what, intu- what would you, th- you would think that that's so counterintuitive to what's happening right now that you'd want to slow down and keep your cash or keep your resources with you during this pandemic, but instead you, you opened up new ones. So what did you do? What did you do differently during the pandemic that made you want to keep on opening up new stores? What was the logic uh, driving that one? Uh, to keep on opening up new stores during this time? Well, I, I, I have uh, two stories to share for that oh. question. The first one was, uh, you're right, no? when, uh, when it was declared on March 16 that we were going on, on ECQ uh, the following day, uh, you, know, it was, uh, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen next, and we didn't know what was going to happen to the economy. And at that time, we had 815 stores. And uh, I asked my team, what do you want to do? Uh, because you know, I I think if we stop there, I think I think the stakeholders would understand. We had entered the year wanting to hit a thousand, but a thousand is just a number. We can hit it next year. So I ask my people, specifically my mancom, you know, we can just stop at eight hundred fifteen and just focus on running the stores, right? And uh, I was I was touched by the responses because they could have said, yeah, let's you know, cash is king. Hang on to our cash. Let's not make our problems bigger. Let's stop at 815. Mm-mm. But, you know, some of them, you know, one of them said, kawawa naman the lessors, you know, the landlords. Because if we don't open the store this year, we will not pay them rent. They won't have income. Another one said, kawawa naman the contractors, you know, because if we don't finish building the, the, the stores, they won't have uh, uh, income. And some people also said, you know, the people need us now because of all the lockdowns. They would need stores that they can go to. And, you know, someone also said, you know, at a time when the economy needs to be restarted, we need companies to continue to expand. If not, you know, the business confidence will not be there. So mm-hmm. there were various arguments, but all of the arguments were in favor of continuing with the expansion. Wow. But but you know, I I wasn't still sure whether the people on the ground felt the same way uh, until I met Michael. Uh, who's Michael? Uh, on the 17th of March, the first day of the lockdown, uh, I went to visit one of the nearby stores, and on my me- on my way back, I met Michael. And uh, Michael was a, a store crew. He had been with us at that time just uh, four or five months. And he was running towards the store. He was sweaty and all that. Madungis, no? Magmamadali. And uh, I saw him and uh, he introduced myself. And, uh, and I asked him uh, where he was going. He said, I'm, I'm late for my duty, sir. And uh, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm going to be late. And I asked him, you know, where do you live? And he lived in Las Piñas. Las Piñas. He didn't have a... You know, he obviously didn't have a car. He didn't have a bike. He didn't. He wasn't prepared for all this. He couldn't borrow a bike. Uh, so he he walked, hitched a ride with a truck, walked, hitched a ride with another. To make a long story short, he was on the road for three hours. Wow! Where was where, the Where was his store? Where was his Where was his uh, Alpha Mart? Here, here in here, Mall of Asia, you know, in 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 Pasay. From Las Piñas to Mall of Asia in Pasay. Yeah, so you know, if if you want to do an experiment, uh, hitch a ride in two trucks and walk, it'll take you probably three hours. And <laughs> and, and 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 so I asked him, you know, why 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 even show up for work? And he said, you know, my team needs me. And so I think I think to your question, you know, uh, first of all, what enabled us to expand this year? First of all, the business model is sound; it's working. Number two. I had investors who were willing to spend behind my expansion. But again, you know, I think the, uh, the X factor, the special sauce really was Michael. Michael is a term I use for my alpha heroes because he wasn't alone. So many people during this uh, pandemic really stepped up. You know, it's, it's so, you know, for a lot of people at the start, when there are so many question marks about w- the nature of this pandemic, it's so easy because, you know, for the first uh, 60 days, I think, or 45 mm-hmm. days, we paid people even if they didn't go to work. They had the option to stay at home 
and they knew we will still pay for their salary. And yet, at the peak of the pandemic, with the exception of the stores that were closed due to local ordinances, on average, 95 to 98% of our, percent of our stores remain open. Why did our people, because our competitors, you know, most of their stores were closed, but why did our people still report to work even if they had the option to just stay at home? They did it, I think, because they owed it to the community. They, they have friends in the community, the regular customers, and they did it for each other because, you know, they wanted to keep the store open. And uh, I think uh, that is the one thing I'll remember 2024, not the people who got sick or died, uh, not our 800, 900, 1,000 store, not our new DC. I mean, there's so many highlights this year I could remember. But if there's one thing I will remember in 2020, it will be Michael and people like him. Uh, a, a crisis really brings out the, not just the worst, but also the best of people. And I, and I saw both sides. So I, I will choose to remember the best. Well, what a great story to share uh, during this time. No? It, it, it really affirms, uh, you know, Sometimes people are not just doing a job. They feel the higher purpose, a sense of purpose to their job. It really yes. means more than just that. And they, they really do it to their best. And I think that's that, that hardly sort of what you've, your internal marketing to people, what you've carried from, from I guess, from your previous experience, from Jolly, what you enjoyed the most. You've tried to bring it there. It's been trickling down to people like Michael. Right, right. Now, what, what I really like also is this one. I, I know I've been, uh, I've, I've been talking to you amidst this pandemic and, what really, what really struck me was you told me that even after ECQ, you've been going to office every day, physically to office every day. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Uh, SM has done a good job to make sure that there's distancing here. And uh, I'm the only one left in the office uh, right now. Everyone's gone home. That's why I decided to remove my mask. Uh, okay. But, but normally we're, we're wearing our mask. We're wearing our shield. Uh, you know, we've, uh, we've managed to keep the, uh, the, the office uh, safe for people who... Who choose to to come into work? So, uh, you know, I, uh, I I come to work because uh, I belong to the uh, old generation who who struggles to work from home. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I I I can't remain focused when I can see the TV, when I can see the sofa, when I when I see my uh, my children around. And, that's right. That's right. Them. So I think I'm more productive when I'm in the office. So. Yeah, so I, I haven't missed a day except for the days I filed for official leave, uh, and, and, and 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 now more more often uh, I'm I'm going to see the stores already. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, I I wouldn't say the worst is over, but it's 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 a it's encouraging to see the the trend of the new COVID cases going down. Great to hear, and Harvey, I just want to know um, as you proceeded and and you continue to op to to open the stores, no. What did you guys have to do differently in the pandemic that you know that might be of interest to other people also, marketing strategists uh, or or brand people or even in operations? Did you have to do something any, anything different in terms of operating, in terms of marketing, in terms of I guess logistics and construction? And that that you know that that you learned during this pandemic, and you're saying, oh, it looks not bad. This is actually sustainable, and we can continue to do this practice even right. after even after during the new normal, next normal. Right. Right. Well, you know, I think the uh, the biggest adjustment was uh, adapting to the uh, local ordinances, no? Because uh, uh, there are some ordinances that are unique to a to a specific area, so we we have to make sure we comply with these uh, health and safety protocols. Uh, of course, it it was quite expensive, you know, when having to buy thermal scanners for for all the stores, uh, and in and in some areas, you know, having the protective shields. But, but other than that, you know, we basically just comply with the maximum people in the stores. Uh, so I think most of the establishments are doing that anyway. So there's nothing uh, different. But I think one of the things that uh, we were made aware, and uh, it, it's something that uh, has made me want to accelerate the development. Mm -hmm. it, you know, a lot of people are now ordering online. Uh, they're now going to the home delivery. And, and, and that's something that uh, we are not yet. Uh, into, uh, but it's it's something that made us, uh, uh, you know, uh, be more aware that you know things can change, uh, things can evolve very very fast, and so we we can't just expect that this you know this uh, mini market model will 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 remain uh, sustainable forever. Uh, we, you know that if 
people get used to ordering and getting deliveries from home, uh, it's 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 a new business model that we're not yet into, and and you know that's something that we're piloting right now. I see. Very interesting. Um, now, there's a there's a great question which actually came in um, from Paul Laksamana. Let me bring that onto the screen if you can see it. But um, I know that we discussed this earlier on, and I know how you've segmented the market clearly so that you don't you know I don't maybe so that you don't mix the markets or you don't cannibalize from each other. But this is exactly what you were talking about. They prefer buying from Alphamart than SM because of the same price point that you have for both, like the chickens, the same price point, minus the hassle of going to SM. Is, is market cannibalization a concern? Because now, of course, they won't travel all the way to an SM to, to buy, right? right or right. or you consider that you're actually growing the market rather than you know eating from the same pie. Right. Well, well. first of all, I'd like to thank uh, Paul for shopping with Alphamart. So, raming salamat. And uh, we hope you continue to support us. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you know, uh, it's it, it's hard to prevent uh, cannibalization, right? And at the end, it's uh, we leave it for the customers. There will always be advantages and disadvantages. I would say, for example, uh, when you compare it to a, a, a Save More, uh, yes, we do have the advantage of accessibility, right? And but they will always have the advantage of having a larger range of of, of products, right? And uh, so there are a lot of stuff that you can find in 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 Save More, for example, that you can't find in in, in Alpha Mart. Most of our customers uh, are dual, meaning for certain immediate needs they get it from Alpha Mart, and then on weekends, once or twice a month, for their bigger shopping trip, they would go to a to a Save More in a in a, a hypermart. So I I would think the term I would use is uh, we complement each other. Uh, rather than compete with each other, but of course, you know there were, there will always be cannibalization among brands, whether within the SM family or with our competitors. But I think at the end of the day, I think uh, we try to cater using different businesses the different needs of the customers. And at the end of the day, the more competition, the better choices uh, the uh, customers would have. Great, that makes no. sense. I want to take a step back, uh, Harvey, if you don't mind. Though. We've discussed a lot, about, a lot about Alpha Mart, but I really want to go because as you were talking to us earlier on, you were saying how your previous employment from, from Jollibee has contributed also to how you've, you've structured Alpha Mart. You took the best of what you've learned from those and, and brought them over here or brought them, brought them forward, whatever they are. I want to take a step back because you've got such a, a, a nice storied history in, in marketing. And I want to take a look at those and what, how, how your experience in them, what were your key takeaways that have really helped you grow as a marketer and what you've been able to use up to now. For example, right. when we first met in, in PNG, up, up to now, I still feel it's been very instrumental and informative, uh, foundationally for me as an entrepreneur to go back to the, what, I, what I learned over there. Uh, but for you, what, what did you pick up from all your years after, after going even regional in PNG? Well, you know, you mentioned PNG, and I will always be grateful for PNG. Uh, it's 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 my MBA, and I spent uh, almost uh, fourteen years with that company. Uh, thanks to PNG, I was uh, able to uh, not just work in the Philippines, but be stationed abroad, uh, first in Malaysia, and then to the regional office in in Singapore. I got to work in you know other markets, uh, specifically India, Vietnam. Uh, developing markets, you know, PNG is known for you know teaching you the basics of marketing. Uh, I learned a lot about strategic planning, you know, business reviews, marketing plan development. But if there's one thing, one thing that really sticks with me with PNG, it's how you are rated as a marketeer. You are not just rated in terms of how you build the business, but also how you built the brand and how you built the organization. Uh, and, and that has stuck with me. Building the brand, building the business, building the organization are the three must-haves you know, uh, for a perfect marketeer. And uh, I thank PNG for that. I love that. Uh, I should remember that. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, you don't realize sometimes that intuitively that's, the, that's what you should remember. And look at PNG. What was what was your key? You know, what for you? What is the key achievement that up to now you still see some remnants of it in the in the local marketing scene, local PNG marketing scene. Well, you know, uh, I'll always, uh, I'm always remember the time that we launched uh, Head and Shoulders. This was in uh, 1995. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, I met Jano and Bing 
you know uh, aside from the uh, the the new brands uh, of course uh, I'll always remember my time in Malaysia because it was my first uh, expatriate assignment and uh, I'll always remember that experience because you know I you we take things for granted whenever you work in your uh, in your home country because you you know the culture you know the language and then to move to another uh, culture where you have people working for you and uh, you have to adjust to them and gain their trust and respect on day one. And it's hard, you know, because how do you contribute in marketing when you don't know the consumer better than them, when you don't know the, the marketplace better than them? And so that required me to really catch up on my market and customer develop uh, understanding very, very fast. So... I think of my 14 years in in, in PNG. That 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 uh, two years I spent in Malaysia, uh, having to adjust, having to adapt to uh, to a new environment. That was the, you know, the the highlight of my stint with the with PNG. And after that, when you made a move to Diageo, uh, um, alcohol brand, which you know, for me, I, I know we enjoy, I, I know we enjoy a, a good drink or two. But uh, what what made you move from PNG to to Diageo? Well, you know, I, I have to be honest. I was so burned out. I was so burned out. Uh, I love PNG, but, uh, you know, uh, the working hours really, <laughs> really brutal. And, uh, you know, uh, I had grown tired as well of, uh, you know, the products that we were selling. It was so, you know, how much whiter can the whites get and how much softer and smoother can your hair get? And it's you know, so rational already. It's, I was looking for something new and uh, Diageo came. And Diageo is the world's biggest uh, booze company. And to have an opportunity to, to sell products like, you know, Johnny Walker, Smirnoff, Bailey's. Uh, difficult uh, to resist. Venus. You know, I was like, oh, and, you know, and, and I like to drink. So I was like, this is a dream. This is a dream job. Uh, and so I, I work for Diageo. I, I moved from the Singapore office of uh, PNG to Diageo. I spent a year there. And then I had a great portion of being assigned to Taiwan, where I worked and lived for three years. And when I look back uh, in my career, those three years I spent in, uh, in Taiwan from both a personal and professional standpoint, uh, I think it's the most enriching experience. As, a, as an ethnic wow. Chinese, as an ethnic Chinese who doesn't know anything about Chinese uh, culture, I think there's no better place for you to learn Chinese culture than in Taiwan. Uh, and the people there, uh, you know, uh, can't say enough about them. Uh, they're like, you know, uh, the best people. <laughs> wow. Ever. So when you say when you said enriching, what, how about from a marketing perspective? What did you gain? I mean, because you know, when you come from PNG, it's sort of like this is the hallowed hall of you know marketing. And then you move to something like Diageo, and the systems are not the same as you as you were used to, and things where the the marketing way is not what you were used to. How did you? How, how did you? Uh, react to that initially, and and but and what did you learn as well? You know, the Diageo is the opposite of PNG in more ways than one. First of all, the products could not be more different, right? And this yes. is more this is more of functional marketing, and this is more of uh, emotional marketing. Because really, alcohol doesn't have any function. <laughs> but, but 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 you know, PNG is also known for having so many processes, right? Mm, that's right, right. Uh, and Diageo doesn't believe in that. And that's why in Diageo, there's one important value that they promote, and that is amazing relationships. Because their belief is, you know, if you have amazing relationships between two people, you have strong trust with each other, you don't need process. You guys can just have a good chat and everything can move faster. And so it's totally different, totally different from PNG, right? Where everything's like process and yeah, scheduled. Yeah, but adjusting to Taiwan was another, you know, a challenge because my, my, my Chinese, my Mandarin isn't that good. So it was a challenge to not just converse with the consumer, but even with my own colleagues. So sometimes when I walk in the office and I see some of the old timers who didn't speak a word of English and they knew I was going to talk to them, they would just run. They would just run to the toilet and stay there until I leave the office. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but but it was great. It's okay. I love Taiwan, and uh, that's the first place I'm gonna visit uh, when all of this COVID thing. Post pandemic, how did you how did you adjust, Palo? So, what did you pick up from them? The the 
relationship management? Is that what you picked up from from Biagio? What what did you pick up that you that you carry with you now? Well, I think it was it was marketing mainly on gut because we never we, we didn't have a lot of market research, right? Whereas P and G, you know, you, 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 you research everything to death. Yeah. Uh, so so much so that sometimes you you you're waiting for the answer from the research. Whereas in in the agile, how do you research booze anyway? And so a lot of it's got to be on 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 pure gut. Uh, and so that's that's where I, re- I I learned to really just just you know rely on trust your gut uh, a bit more. Correct, correct. Harvey, you know I just want to say this. There's a comment coming in, sort of what you've done with Michael. It's rubbing off on other people. From Delia Matubis, it says over here, Hel- "Hello, sir Harvey." I want the Alpharmart employees. Thank you so much, sir, for providing us with a job so that we can buy food for our loved ones, especially in this time of pandemic. May the Alpharmart last until forever. So, Harvey, you've made a big impact oh, really for no. the people over there. Tinan mo yung kanyang ano, tinan mo yung profile niya, may Alpharmart pa dyan. No? So, talagang marami kang fans dito. No. Okay ka, Harvey. So, uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just their spokesperson. It's a, it's a great <laughs> honor to, to be their spokesperson. They're, they, they are my heroes. They're my heroes. They do great. the top five. Now, uh, one more line. After Diageo, you went to Fonterra. Well, what, what was Fonterra about and, and what did you pick up from Fonterra? Well, Fonterra is the world's biggest uh, dairy company. It's a, it's, it's a New Zealand company. And, uh, so from alcohol, you go dairy. I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, almost 33% of the global dairy trade comes from that small country called New Zealand. Amazing, no? Because they have more cows than people, I think. And, uh, you know, uh, again, when I was in Fonterra, I had the pleasure to work on global brands like Anchor and Lean and Anmam. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's marketing as usual. But, you know, the one thing I'll remember about uh, Fonterra, when we were, uh, you know, Anmam was one of our brands. And Anmam is, you know, for pregnant women. We spent 50% of our budget on ethical marketing. Uh, which is about you know giving education to to the doctors so that you know they will prescribe uh, anmam you know to 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 tell them the benefits of anmam, and for that we relied on medical rep med reps medical representatives. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, one day I I spent I dedicated the whole day when I was starting in Fonterra. I spent a day with a med rep, and you know hats off. I never realized how difficult it is to be a med rep. If, if there's one thing I remember about Fonterra, it's how difficult it is to be a med rep. And uh, I really admire these guys uh, for, for the stuff that they do, not just during office hours, but even after office hours. They're in the beck and call of some of our doctors who want to do a favor, you know, take me to the airport or something. But they'll do it. They'll do it just to protect the relationship with the company. So these guys are, you know, unsung heroes, uh, wow. actually. Was it out of Taiwan also as well, or did you move? Uh, no, no. This was uh, back in the Philippines after around uh, 11 years living abroad. Uh, we figured it was uh, time to come back to the Philippines. And uh, my contract with Diageo had ended. And uh, Fonterra was the first uh, good offer that came my way. So I, I, I went to Fonterra. Although, you know, uh, a furious theater couldn't resist the lure of uh, working for Jollibee. So, you know, after... You know, selling booze, alcohol, selling healthy products like uh, milk, then back to unhealthy products. <laughs> back to the B, back to the B. So tell us, um, I know you, you did share a bit more about, about that, about working for Jollibee. And I think uh, a, a dear departed colleague of ours was one of those who helped bring you over to the B, uh, Erwin Elechikon, who was one of our mentors uh, in Procter & Gamble. Tell us a bit more about, you know, what did you pick up from Jollibee? You did say about the love that people had for the, the literal love of the brand. But what else did you also, did you also enjoy about your experience working in Jollibee? Well, you know, the, uh, again, the, the culture of the place is uh, what I will forever take with me. You know, a lot of companies will talk about uh, family culture, you know, family culture, uh, because it's nice to put on a wall. You have a poster that says, you know, we are family. Uh, but you know, uh, it's just, it's just a poster, but Jollibee was probably the first company, uh, I was part of where I could say they really treated their employees as family and, and people knew their subordinates on a personal level, not just professional level. They, they, they knew the name of the wives. Uh, they would celebrate anniversary together. They, they knew, uh, what grade the kids were going to. Uh, 
so that's that's what you know will always remain with me. But the other thing also is, you know, uh, of course, having you know a brief uh, experience working with an iconic brand like Jollibee. I mean, you, know, you go to a observe a Jollibee party and you see how much joy a little kid will have just seeing that mascot, right? I mean, in reality, all store has a mascot, right? But in him, <laughs> there's just one mascot. And today, he is with me, right? And it's an amazing story of superior brand building that, you know, you can create so much joy just from a, you know, from a big, uh, from a big uh, a Jollibee. So, but Jollibee is about consistency. It's having clarity on strategy. Uh, Jollibee is clear on who's the target. Their target is uh, young families with kids from age four to seven. That's the main target. And what they stand for is bringing uh, the joy of eating as a family. They're very clear in the strategy and that drives the choices that they make. It may turn off some of the teenagers who, who don't find the, the store cool enough, but hey, you know, you can go elsewhere. You're not my main target, right? <laughs> Uh, so it's it's such a simple strategy that uh, they've 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 done over the years, and they remain consistent with that. Uh, and so that's that's the other thing that I'm gonna uh, take with me. It's a superior lesson in brand building, brought about by superior strategy, and of course, great execution. You know, Langhap Sarap, for example. Uh, it's still, we're still using it after all these years. Wow, um, Harvey. As we as we continue to as we start to wrap up this discussion, no. Um, as I speak to you, I, I'm very inspired because you I mean, look, it's almost eight o'clock, but you, you're still speaking with a lot of energy. I, I'm seeing so many comments from the from from the people who work with you, uh, saying how much they enjoy working with you and how how proud you are that they're your boss. Um, and there must be something about you that 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 you know that continues to motivate you. That you know you you worked corporate all your life, but you know you're continue you're still very enthusiastic about the work that you do. I talk to you right now. You're still very enthusiastic about the work that you do. What continues to to motivate you? Well, I guess it's a it's a sense of duty, uh, RJ. I, uh, I I'm just a regular guy who who had a benefit of having uh, great tutors at different uh, times of my life, and uh, one of them, as you know, is a very dear friend of ours, uh, Mr. Erwin Elechikon. I have to say, he uh, unfortunately uh, died this year. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, I I wouldn't be here uh, were it not for the great guidance I had, starting with great professors like uh, Sir Josiah Go, outstanding leaders in 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 PNG like you know Jessica Abaya, Erwin uh, Electricon, John Ipkua, and uh, I I think what I would feel guilty if uh, I'm not able to pass on what I've learned from them and to have to create opportunities for others in the same way that they have given me. Uh, uh, opportunities all throughout my my life, no, all my all my mentors. Even today, uh, I'm I'm already so I, I, I'm 50, and yet I continue to learn from from people like uh, Sir Herbert C, Mr. Pajoko from uh, Indonesia, Mamtesi Koson. It's it's just I'm just lucky, and uh, I'm just I'm just paying back. What a great story, Harvey. I mean, I'm learning a lot from you as well, and I think that's really the mark of a, a good entrepreneur and a good marketer: the the humility to be able to learn. Uh, and there's no point that you can't stop learning to become a better businessman or become a better entrepreneur. And Harvey, another message from Crystal Valerio. Thanks, <laughs> Boss Harvey, for recognizing the efforts and hardships in medical marketing. Medical marketing, per se, is synonymous to relationship marketing. I think that you probably picked up from working uh, with Diageo. <laughs> Hi, Crystal. Yeah. Hi, Crystal. And, uh, and, uh, and from Felix Concepcion Veroya, thank you so much for your passion of passing it on. Another uh, appreciative soul over here. Now, um, um, the last question I really want to ask RV is that you know you've seen what's happening with this pandemic, and you know, like you said, you're, you're you uh, in your rudimentary, I guess, Chinese. No, there's a they call it Weiji, right? That in crisis there is opportunity. Weiji. So, what do you think is is going to be? What are the opportunities that you see emerging from the hat that you're wearing right now and seeing how how the retail world is growing, how consumer behavior is coming around? What do you see are the opportunities emerging that we can still take advantage of? Not just pansamantala, uh, not just short term, no, but really something sustainable, something that will not just last after this pandemic is over, but will continue to 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 grow for the country. Well, I, 
I, I think the major opportunity in the country right now, and it has been exposed by this uh, pandemic, is we need to improve our supply chain infrastructure. So the amount of time it takes for produce, for example, to go from the farmer to your table, there's just too many, too many hands, correct? And so that's why a major disruption in the supply chain, you just knock off one of the stages there, it's, it's, it's enough to, to completely paralyze this whole supply that's chain. That's right, that's right. And, and, and this is the reason why our farmers and our fishermen make so few money you know, compared to neighboring countries. And this is why the customer has to pay more than the neighboring countries. The supply chain here is just so, so ancient and we cannot rely on government to fix this. We in the private sector can lead this. And I think food security, anything on food security for me is the biggest opportunity, not only because there's money in it, but it's also that one thing that the country can benefit from. And that is the one thing that we can fix as a, uh, as a, uh, as a private industry. I, it, it, it brings to mind, you know, one of the, you know, one last uh, learning I had. Uh, and this was during the time when I was in, in, in Jollibee. Uh, we went through a, uh, an issue with our sap transition. You remember the whole Chicken Joy episode? Yeah, right? I remember that. Oh. And uh, that was three months of, uh, of hell. Uh, but afterwards, we did a, a powwow. And, uh, you know, I, I, I spoke to the people how they felt. And during that time, you know, people didn't feel like we were good with each other. We were on each other's nerves. And I remember someone said this, and that has stuck to my mind ever since. And that, that lady, she was a store manager. I forgot her name. She said, sometimes in the pursuit of greatness, we forget to be good. And I think that's my, my, uh, my, my, my point here. I think, you know, pursue power, pursue riches. To what end? So that you can do more good, right? It's, it's not enough for you to have as, you know, your purpose in life to have more power and more riches. It's a means to an end. And that end is to create more good. I love that story, Harvey. If there's anything that I'll take away from this one is that one, you know, in your pursuit of greatness, we might often forget to pursue good. And with that, thanks so much, uh, Mr. Harvey Ong, Chief Operating Officer of Alphamart Trading Philippines. Uh, there's a lot of people who did greet Harvey earlier on. I'm sorry I wasn't able to, to call out all of you, but thanks so much for listening to the show. If you're listening here right now, give me a shout out, comment, tell me if you enjoyed Talk with Harvey. Let's give him a virtual round of applause. Thank you so much to everybody thanking Harvey here uh, on, on the comment box. And again, I'm yeah, proud to be part of Team Alphamart. Salute our mentor, our CEO. Uh, Thanks so much for this opportunity. And again, for all those listening, we will see you again next week here on the RJ Ledesma podcast. Thanks so much, guys. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.